Hello, and welcome to Business Without Bullshit, where we take a sideways look at modern business, talking to founders and entrepreneurs about the problems they face and how they solve them. I'm Andy Uri, and alongside me is my co-host, Philippa Sturt. Hi, Andy. Hello. Uh, and a quick reminder, if you like what we do here, us, reviewers, you know, Apple, Spotify, whatever you listen to your podcasts on, follow Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, if you wish, at B-I-Z without B-S. Now, with that being said, our guest this week is Jordan Jarrett Bryan, a Channel 4 News sports reporter, DJ, and journalist. Jordan started in journalism as editor of the youth publication Live Magazine and has gone on to write for various magazines and newspapers, including Days to Confused, DJ Mag, Sunday Times, Time Out, The Independent, and The Guardian. He can also be heard co hosting on Talk Sports TS Extra Time and is an occasional guest on the Guardian Football Weekly podcast. Jordan is also the founder of Blackademic, an online platform set up in 2018 focusing on discussing black culture and current affairs with the perspective of black voices at the forefront. We're in good company. Hello, Jordan. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you. What an uh, intro. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So what's keeping you busy? What's keeping me busy? Um, I'm keeping me busy. I, I tend to... Um, <laughs> there's a long list of things <laughs> that you is, do. There's a lot there, yeah. I tend to do my best work and it keeps me out of trouble when I keep myself active and busy. So, yeah, between Black Academic, TalkSport, The Guardian, Channel 4 News, and I do a lot of mentoring as well. I'm really big on mentoring young people. I've seen all of that and breathing. Breathing. Breathing is important. a good idea. It helps, doesn't it? Yep. And I've got back into kazumba dancing. Because I work so many different things, it's important that I kind of balance it with some stuff that I actually enjoy doing as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What was Kizimba? Was that one so, of the Brazilian ones or something? It's a Kizimba is a kind of Angolan slash Portuguese genre of music slash dance. And I love it. It's, a, it's absolutely well, amazing. How are we spelling this? Uh, K-I-Z-O-M-B-A. Kizumba. Okay. It's amazing. Has so, it been uh, around for ages? It's been around for a very, very long time. I got into it a couple of years before the pandemic. Um, the pandemic, obviously, all the clubs shut, so that kind of stopped that for a while. But I've got back into it literally last last Thursday. And um, where's yeah, the it. wiggle? Is it is it wiggling? Is it dancing in the top at the bottom? The, Describe there's, it. There's move. Well, the, the whole point is that you're meant to not move your top half. Your top half's meant to be still. Uh -huh. But all the movement and rhythm is meant to be in your hips and your and in your legs. Okay, and, much uh, like sort of Michael Flatley. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. Now. A bit more cool. Yeah. <laughs> With a bit more rhythm, you know. A bit more rhythm, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the business part of that. Black academic. That's interesting. Yes, that's 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 my my business, my brand. Five years now since I set it up. Basically, what happened was I was working at Channel Four News, and on our program we have a, as you may well know, we have a thing called a disco discussion, which other news programs don't do so much. They do more now, to be fair, but we have an in studio discussion. And what I noticed was that anytime we had a new segment and then a discussion at the back of it in the studio about anything to do with politics or science or business. We'd always have white men come on. Yeah. yeah. But anything to do with hip hop, sports, fried chicken, or even knife crime, it'll be black people on. I think, hang on a minute, what's going well, on they here? they're also black men. Just and they were, normally black men, yeah. so basically no women. So were no women on, at Black all. or white, no women yeah. were coming on. And I just thought, hang on a minute, in my circles of business and in my social life, I know people who work in the aviation industry, work in finance, politics, whatever it may be. Why are these people not being invited onto the program to talk about whatever the news of the day may be? And I just thought kind of the way that I am, sorry, I'm going to do my own platform, do my own thing. And I just thought I'm, the way I'm wired is I don't like to complain, don't like moaners, just if you mm. see a problem, 
Fix it. Deal with it. Do something about it. Yeah, and so it's all Blackademic, which was the initial debate show we set up, was the um, was the first part of of the brand that grew into into Blackademic. Shall we start with? We're going to go into your trajectory, how how you started out and how you got to where you are. So, first proper job. First proper job, a kitchen porter. Really. I worked in Ollie's. It's still there. Ollie's Fish and Chips. Oh, don't um, say fish and chips, I'm so hungry. <laughs> oh, should we order some? Anyway. No, don't. It's, it's a really posh, it's in Hernhill in South London. It's a really posh fish and chips restaurant. Takeaway as well. And I, my first job it was local to me and I was in the kitchen. I was the person that kind of got the big pot of like um, emptied uh, mushy peas and Ew. all the rubbish. And I had to wash the pot and I had to do all that rubbish and all clean the plates and all that rubbish. That was my first proper job. And yeah. how old are you at this point? I was, oh, 14, 15. Okay, yeah. right. quite young. Yeah. Did you find it difficult or you got into it? You know what? After you got over the initial having to wash dirty dishes and big horrible pots, I just saw it as a job. I just saw it as a job. I'm here for six hours, wherever it may be. At the end, you got to pick whatever you want to take home to go home after dinner. So as can... long as you wanted fish and or chips. Well, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> it was a limited choice, to be maybe fair. Maybe a samaloy. And it taught you maybe, I always think in life, it's good to work out the things you don't want to do. Totally. But I, I, don't, I don't think I even got that far, though. I think I just saw it as, I'm getting paid 40 quid to do six hours work. Great. Do you, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? I just think this is a job and it's my first entry point into I'm I'm working and it taught me boundaries about you got to be there on time. You, you know, you may get a break, don't take the piss. You got to dress, you know, obviously what I was doing, you didn't need to wear a suit or nothing like that, what I was doing in the back, but you need to come like you've come to work to some degree and need to talk to people in a proper way. This is a working environment. But that's great. You know that the brain, um, the last development of the brain is between the sort of ages of 18 and 25 and you don't become a full album adult by your 25 because it's all about your first job so it's a generalization assuming that people sort of go into work later you had an experience then when honestly I mean with respect to some of them in our firm we you know as an accounting firm you're like a training establishment people come out of university they've never really had a job maybe maybe some of them not and this is their first it's job a big shock and, they, and they know like not just they know nothing but they don't even know the basics of kind of like you know turning up's important or you give them a job to do that they need to come back and tell you about it like you know two weeks later you're like wow happened with that thing oh I did it so and well. that's and that's the reason why I've always thrived in work so I didn't go to university I went into work very early but even then I was at college dropped out of college didn't finish it but started working and writing straight away so I didn't have that problem where when I was you know 20 years old whatever I was thrust into the working world I was like whoa what is this I'd been working since I was 14 15 so yeah. I, I had that I don't know if it was it was a better or worse kind of entry point into work but I think for me I knew what what how my brain was wired, and I think working and doing stuff was definitely a better route into where I am now than it would have been if I'd have gone down the university route. And you said something interesting. You started writing. So what? Yeah. So I what happened? I um, I was only good at two things: sport and writing. I was playing football at a low level, but I knew that I liked creative writing. I was quite good at that. And so what happened? My mum recognised that I, I enjoyed writing and I knew that was good as well because when we had English at secondary school, I remember it was year four, when all my friends were bunking, going to the other girls' schools, like ch- chatting up girls and all that sort of stuff where I really wanted to be, I was literally early for my English class. I was like there before the teacher got there. So that said to me... Was she a great you teacher? Like, 
He was a great teacher. teacher. <laughs> yeah, he was very good. Thank you. Can never get it right. <laughs> he, he was good, but it, it was it, that was the thing that I was really good was at. Was it the fiction? You liked fiction? I did. I did. I liked creative writing as well. I've got quite a good imagination. And that was my first indicator that writing was for me. And so my mum heard about a, was an advert in the South London Press looking for young people from South London to join this new publication called Life Magazine in Brixton. It was a youth magazine produced by young people entirely for young people about youth culture. So I went along, did a couple of album reviews, like literally 50 Cent's first album and the PlayStation 1 like game reviews. It was, it was like, like 50 words on that, it was basic. But I, I was really good at it. They really warmed to me. And within six to eight months, they offered me the role as editor. So I think that they wow. saw that not only nice. was I good at writing, everybody else liked writing, but they'd write their articles and go. So I'd write my articles and I'd hang around. And I was really interested in the wider mechanics of media. Mm. And so I think they spotted that and thought, let's groom this guy to be the, an editor in the making for the next five when years. When you've so got the editor job, do you get the corner office and the cigars and shout at people? Could you switch into that role? Everything bar the cigar. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Come in, <laughs> shit. I was 15 years old, 16 years old, and I had this, yeah, little spot here. I was going to college at the same time as well, but yeah, I had my own little desk. And I was being paired up with, so the, the idea of Live Magazine was they'd pair you up with a professional from your genre. So if you were interested in design, they'd pair you up with like a professional designer. If your area was photography, nah, and mine was writing. So I was, my mentor was the then editor of Dazed and Confused, a guy called Callum McGeoch, who was still a very good friend to, of mine to this day. And I was learning about the art of writing and how to start a sentence and interviewing questions and networking. And I did that for seven or eight years and then left them and edited another magazine. It's in creative industries, it's always interesting because in a lot of industries, people don't like to criticise each other's work. Mm. But actually, as an editor, or even if you're you in music to. and stuff, you got to tell people <laughs> you straight. you got to say, it's, you know, I mean, it, it, was that a difficult part of your job? or um, it, it was, but it, it was more so because I was talking to young people. So I wasn't like reading an article on some rapper or some singer, whatever it may be, written by a professional. This person is 15 years old and I was 17 or they were 14. Wow. So I had to yeah. talk to that person about why their first line wasn't very grabby or the last line was a little bit piffy or, you know, the construction of, no, no, put that bit at the top and or the grammar. I, I was doing that with 15-year-olds and that was difficult because not only are you trying to criticise or critique their, their article, but you have to get them engaged and interested in the first place. And that is, I think, the difference between critiquing an adult's work where they're engaged already, you just got to teach them how to write where the young person, you've got to teach them how to write, but also how do you keep a 14, 15 year old that is there because it's cool, but they don't want to be a journalist. How do you keep that person engaged for half an hour, sit them down and say, okay, this is why this article needs to be rearranged. Really good, but you know what, maybe Yeah, because if you tell them it's shit, they're just going to switch walk off. away and that's yeah. it, you've lost them. So I learned that mentoring skill from a very, very So is age. this where the whole mentoring <clears throat> enthusiasm comes from? 100%. That you experienced it yourself apart from anything else? 100%. I really enjoyed helping other young people. And I was lucky, I was blessed in that I had some fantastic mentors myself. And I always said when I was at Live Magazine, when I left Live, when I'm in a position where I can help other young people or anybody else, I'm going to do that. So now I'm trying to basically manifest and I'm, well, I'm doing what I promised myself I would do. There's this idea that to be a mentor, you've got to be famous or a celebrity or what. And I'm like, everybody can mentor. And I think everybody should mentor. Everybody can give up an hour a month of their time to help a young person. In their, even just in your field. So if, if law is your area or accountancy or me, whatever your field is, if everyone just picked a young person, said one hour a month minimum, 
just one hour a month. I'm going to help you in whatever it is you want to do. We can all do that. I don't care how busy you are. I don't care if you're Obama. I don't care if you're Biden or the, I don't care who you are. Yeah, time, Everybody time is always a lie when people are like, or oh, where do I find the time? It's like, it's nonsense. You, you spend plenty of time watching shitty TV. 100%. And, you know, just faffing about, totally. trying to think, you know, procrastination is such a problem for all of us that, you know, so much of the day is wasted, you know, getting annoyed about your tea bags or whatever. And, and I'll be honest, just, I'll be honest that there's also, people think it's very selfless and there is a selfless element to mentoring. It's also very selfish because I get a bit of a kick knowing that my work with you helped you get a job. So I'm proud yeah. for you and I'm glad yeah. that you've got a job and you're progressing. But it's also a bit of a kick in me. It's like, I helped that person, young person get a job. Cool, bit pat on the back and move on. So it's it's not totally selfless. I find that element, <laughs> the difficult element as a British person. You know, in America, they're always like, you know, hey, you know, everyone's mentoring. You know, so I find it arrogant to suggest, but I think you make the point, the stuff to teach. I mean, we've been talking about it in our own firm. I've got to make sure it gets going. That exactly that, that a partner, all of these trainees, half of them are bored or they're doing audits all the time. It's like we all need to give up an hour a month and they can just come and ask us or we'll just tell them whatever we know. We'll just talk randomly at them if we have to. It's it's harder when they're younger though because there's something hilarious. I met my, my uh, client who, um, he has lots of apprenticeships and I remember sitting in his Christmas uh, party and he sat me next to all the people who are 15 and 16 and it was literally how many questions I could come up with. You know, you ask a question, they answer it. They don't ask questions back. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. do you like football? Yes, I like football, I do. Do you like, you know, what and it's like, you yeah, you just keep going after two hours. I said to him, mate, I've got to go. That's home. Part of I'm, the skill. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. That's part of the is skill. that part? Part of the skill is knowing the type of questions to ask that are not only going to get you an answer, but get the person warmed up and talking. Because mm -hmm. young people are like, if you give them a chance to give you a one word answer, they'll give you a one word answer. But it's about getting their trust that you can talk to me. Yeah. I'll, you know, we're on the same level here. Let's just chat about if it's writing as an example. What, what do you read? What do you like writing? It might be writing about science fiction. It might be writing about their family. It might be football, wherever it may be, find a common ground whereby I guess with mentoring, that. I mean, a Christmas party, I wanted them to ask me something because you get tired. You know what I mean? You ask <laughs> yeah, them, you explain yeah. them, so, oh, what do you yeah. like? Because that's what adults do. Yes, they yeah. turn out. But, that, no, but that doesn't matter with mentoring, actually, does it? Because you're really, you're, it's all about them. I'm invested in them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, what yeah. do you like? How can I help you? What's going to yeah. support you in going to the next level? How do I keep your engagement in this thing going for as long as possible? And I guess 10 years goes past like that and then suddenly they're doing something and 100%. this lovely relationship. You I know. see people now that I was mentoring 10, 15 years ago that are killing it, doing great things. And they remind me that you helped me with that thing or you took time to listen to my podcast or you did this. There's none you have to run from, hide, hide in no, the bush. No, no, not yet, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, no. It sounds like, frankly, you have a charmed life where everything is amazing, <laughs> to be honest. Positive attitude, I would like to say. But you know? then, I mean, is there anything you find uncomfortable about what you do? What about being in that mainstream world? Is there something really uncomfortable about that when you're interviewing a guest you hate or something like that? <laughs> what I do hate, actually, is the idea that all mainstream is bad. So some of my mm. good and best friends, we argue about this all the time and it really irks me. This idea that oh, all mainstream news is is all it's all bad. It's yeah, all it's yeah. all propaganda. You've basically all... sold out, have you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, and look, there are elements of the other news organisations that I won't name that I think have agendas. But when I really think about it, we've all got agendas. Yeah. Everybody's got an agenda. It's a fucking news organisation. Well, yeah, you, you, you kind of have to have an agenda. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Everyone knows. Well, that's wokeism. And I, your your point is how I feel about business. That people are oh, business is bad. It's yeah. like. 
dumb is that? It's it's a not, it's, it is a dumb thing to say. It's a dumb thing to say that all mainstream is bad. There are large parts of mainstream that are bad. But then people get their news now from some guy that's got 117 followers yeah. on Twitter or Facebook. And it's like, oh, no, no, he's the one I'm listening to. Well, hang on a minute. At least we're regulated. We're Ofcom. So there's only certain things we can and can't say. This guy over here that's spouting out this nonsense that you're, that you're following. And he's the president of the why United do people, States. Why do well, people, for example. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why do people buy it? I totally agree. People are like, oh, I've watched all these. And this is the, the echo chamber. The problem, if you, if you turn your back on the mainstream media, is at least with the mainstream media, there was a conversation between them within some sense of reality. You know, the moment you enter echo, oh, I went on YouTube for seven hours and I've proved X. You know, it's like you can prove whatever you want if you sit There's on somebody there. out there that will, that will appease your your ick in your in your mind about something. Oh yeah, no, he said it, so it must be true. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. No, what I say is consume mainstream media, consume independence, and then make your own mind up. If you just consume independence, you're in trouble. If you just consume the mainstream, you're in trouble. Yeah. Consume it all and then deduce with your common sense and brain, okay, I think this about Boris Johnson or this about COVID or this about Djokovic, whatever the story of the day may be, encompass it all and then use your brain to decide, no, I believe X. What's, it's the funny thing. I wonder if it disappears because there's something about written when we see something in writing, we believe it more. Now, historically, yes. that makes sense because those were the form, you know, writing in public was hard to access. It cost money to produce magazines. Now it's like any twat with a computer can put whatever. But even I do it, I look up something, you know, you think, oh, I've got this, um, oh, I must be dying. And you look it up and you start reading this thing and like, I am, I'm dying. <laughs> and my wife's a fucking doctor. She's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Get, get you know? <laughs> yeah. But the, I wonder over time whether that, disappears you know whether whether the, the, the value of um, you know they say the thing we can judge best for lying you know they did that test years ago is is audio what you're listening to right now if one of us tries to lie this is the best way to tell if you can see us visually when it comes to writing that's the easiest way to lie yeah. if you really want to lie you write it don't you if you really need to bullshit your friend about why you can't be there you can't ring them up and say yeah you send an email send saying an email. I'm really yeah. sorry I can't and then you list 12 different reasons why you can't come if you're my wife you come up with some ridiculous reason. When we had to cancel my dog's haircut, she told them our wedding was cancelled. You know, it was just like, I was like, no. she was like, no, no, but I don't want to upset them. And I was like, now I can't go to the dog shop because like, <laughs> fucking, it's like, this is a long running joke. And I, she's like, you'll have you know, to take your rings off when you she's go. She's got that Indian Trinidadian <laughs> cult anyway. Um, uh... And now a quick word from our sponsor. The one-stop shop for all your legal and accounting needs. If you're in the UK or overseas Hoorie Clark, hoorie Clark The one-stop shop for all your legal and accounting needs. If your company's big or small, they can help you all Straight Talking Financial Advice since 1935 and that was the amazing Christopher Reese. Big up, Chris. Spell R-E-E-S. At this point, let me quickly remind you to look him up and start following and listening to all his music because he's amazing. And maybe when you're doing that, go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and click follow so you never miss an episode. But mainly, go and check his shit out. Now, back to the chat. What do you think is most misunderstood about being an employer? how hard it is to make money from what it is that you do. I think people just kind of assume that if you have a business, you're making money. Yes. Mm. And 
I think that the opposite is true. I think most businesses don't make money. I think you're probably or right. Or profit, yeah. probably to, to be to be more most, accurate. Most business, in fact, that's one of the first things I say when people start talking about um, business, my friends, and I say, look, you know, I, this is my subject. Like, all I do is meet business people. Most business people are struggling to keep the wolf from the door. Totally. You know, and and they look after their employees, and they're just like they they're fucking stressed out. Mm-hmm. You know, this concept, yeah, to be in business is some sort of ticket. Uh, you know, things cost a lot. You know. And it's easy now just to set up a company on company's house and I've got a business, yeah. yay. And I just think the inherent kind of thinking from most people is that if you, if you say you're a businessman or businesswoman, oh, okay, you must have a nice car and, you know, two holidays a year. And it's like, mm. no, most business people are at best breaking even. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think that is something that I think a lot of people don't understand. Just because you have a business or someone tells you they've got a business doesn't mean they're making money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And maybe their their goal is don't resent to, them. You know. Well, exactly. That's okay. Maybe your goal isn't to make money. Maybe you maybe you're a trillionaire and you set up this business for other other purposes. Maybe you believe in this thing and you you're happy to you know continue at a loss. I don't know. But I think that's something that I think a lot of people don't understand, and that I think they inherently just believe business successful. Yeah. What's what's your biggest fuck up? Let's get right to it. I feel I feel a bit of a flop here because. I think my, my my kind of fuck-ups are times where I didn't move quick enough and then I, I kind of dithered, procrastinated and saw it Why becoming something. Why weren't you moving? Was it... I mean, I, I can I look commit to it. back and think there have been times... There was once, years and years ago, when I was just out of university, I was offered a job teaching archaeology to sixth-form students. Um, and I was looking for a job, didn't I? And I said yes. And then I went home and thought, shit, I know. Because mm. yes, archaeology was in the title of my degree, but <laughs> I know fuck all about archaeology. I always uh-huh. have. And thought, I'm going to be bad at this. I've got to get up in front of a class and teach people. I hate talking in public. This is just going to be terrible. And I turned it down. And I think a lot of the time, the reason we don't move fast enough is because we doubt ourselves. Yes. And I think actually what you just said ended there saying, I think it's triggered something in me as well. One of my big, I've got no overt example here, but one of the things that I've messed up on and learned from is undervaluing me. And what I mean by that is if I get invited to go to a business deal or meeting to meet somebody, that's for a reason. So in, in where I'm from, we say the bag. I'm the bag. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so really? I've the, not heard that before. The, the money. I'm, I'm saying, the money. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? So you probably need me more than I need you. And undervaluing actually what I'm bringing to the table as I've led to me maybe not getting as much money as I probably should and could have, or just missing out on an opportunity where I may be conceded when I didn't really need to. If I'd have held firm a little bit longer... They, 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 they were bluffing there, but it's I, the imposter I in syndrome thing a little isn't bit, it? which which for me is a bit of it's a weird one because I'm one of the most cocky people you will ever meet in your entire life, honestly. But even I at times have suffered from. Okay, I'm just happy to be in the room. Yeah. I'm happy to be here and I'll sign that deal. I'll do this job, whatever. People, people read the lack of confidence. Too. I think they can. I think they can. I think they I've can. left the room and found out from someone else. Oh, you know that so and so was getting ten grand for that job, and I was like, oh, I only got. Two grand for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, why didn't you ask for 10 grand? <laughs> I mean, it almost fulfilled your point earlier about, you know, how people perceive you with dreads mm. or it's that the moment you start lacking confidence and confidence is an arrogance. It's, it's your, the, it's your, you know, have some self-respect for yourself. A good piece of advice someone, um, one of my clients said to me is you always value your time at a hundred pounds, you know, a hundred pounds an hour. Yeah. Say to yourself like, and don't do shit that's below that, outsource anything. Because if you're going to build a proper business, 
and you're not making that kind of money. And that doesn't mean that's going in your pocket, by the way. You know, if anyone is not, not less clear with business, that means the company would be charging yeah, you out yeah, of that. And yeah. it's that, it's it's a slightly different point, but I think, I think, and maybe maybe that will feed, you know, you could get black into the black-white conversation and rich dad, poor dad, and it's that whole sort of confidence of being there, isn't it? Our confidence is so difficult, though. It, it, it's, it's very difficult. And I just, I think that I... My, my, what I've learned from that, to the second part of the question, is that now I almost overcharge and it's almost a test to see how much do you really want me? Mm. How much do you want me to present this show? How much do you want me to host this dinner? How much do you want me? And I don't think I'm unreasonable in what I ask. I have a rate, but I think it's now I don't have to do this job. I want to do the job, but I don't have to do it. So if I'm going to do it, we're going to do it on my terms. This is what I'm valuing. This is what I value myself at now. It's pay it. Or don't. And if you don't, it's no hard feelings. They respect you because they'll think, oh, fuck, he's, he's, he's worth a, more than I 100%. thought. That's an absolute lesson that I would love to learn because I have a real problem with saying no. Okay. Like, you know, so I always think, you never know what's around the corner. There may be no other jobs. This might be the last job I ever do. That you is just... my rule this year. Learn to say no more. Yeah. Learn to say no more. And you might miss out on an opportunity and you might see someone else, oh, I wish I did that. Now. Drives people mad when you say no. It absolutely yeah. drives them mad. You watch it in little kids, you know. I mean, <laughs> anyone true. who says it's no true. to you, it's just like, oh, we want them. Yeah. That's the one yeah. I want, yeah. you know. There's something quite therapeutic, I think, in saying no sometimes as well. Do you know what I mean? If, if, yeah, yeah. if you're always known for the guy that will always do the job, yeah. there's something that's a bit like, oh, okay. But if, we have, if you say no, even as a token no, just to let people know, I won't do everything that's offered to me. I think you kind of get a sense of, okay, no, I'm, yeah. I'm valuable You're more myself. valuable because totally. of your rarity. Totally. Those totally. no's stay 100%. with you too, though. I mean, my granddad turned down Coca-Cola as a client. I mean, he must have been, he thought, <laughs> no, he thought no one would drink that, that, fizzy drinks. That's a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> that is a bad just, just one. Just going to put it out there, that's quite a bad one. <laughs> In whenever it was, 1940, he was like, no one's going to drink this crazy fizzy shit, you know? I've got stuff to do. I'm busy. Fucking idiots. That could be your empire. Yeah, man. that could have been my empire. One thing we often ask is what's the hardest thing about your job, but we keep asking negative things. So maybe That's all right. what's the easiest thing? What's the best thing? Yeah. Control. Ooh. I'm in control mm. of what I do. As a freelancer, as a freelance journalist, there's there's ups and downsides. So the downsides are you don't get holiday pay, security. The upsides you can charge a bit more and you can do what you want. In terms of black academic in my company, the thing that I love the most about that business is I'm in control. I get to say where we go, what the vision is, what what our what our goals are going to be, what we're going to pay, what we're going to we're going to earn. The downside of that then is responsibility because I yeah, have a it's team very of people. Brave. It is, it is. I have a team of people that I am that I am responsible for to some degree. Um, they're not my staff per se, so they have other jobs. But if we go on a job, I have to make sure that they are covered financially for that sort of thing. What's what, when you go on a job as Black Academic? What mm. would that involve? So we're twofold. So Black Academic is a network where we put out shows. That's our website, blackademic.com. We're also Black Academic Media, which is a production company. So someone may come to us and say, okay, we've got this production. We need, a, we need four cameras, a sound man, a producer, this and that and that. Cool. I've got that team that can do that. Right. It's going to cost you X. Right, right, right. Do you know right. what I mean? So I have to make sure that whatever X fee is, I'm paying my camera ops what they're supposed to get paid. I'm paying my sound man what he, what he should get paid, that sort of thing. So that's kind of what we are, a production company. What are you most excited about for your business or? Legacy and impact. So I'm Ooh, really excited cool. about. Big words. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited about uh, the, the money and what we can earn and what we're going to earn going forward is all well and great. And that's going to be my retirement and whatever. But what the, one of the reasons why I started up Blackademic was I want to have an impact, first of all, on my community. Going back to what I mentioned 
I want black boys and girls to see themselves on my programs, talking and debating things in a very mature intellectual way that we can disagree diametrically, but we can all have a respect for each other where we can have it, we can do that in a very mature way. And I, I think there's too much content. I watch a lot of black content in inverted commas I'm putting there. And a lot of it, I think is quite trash. Um, and I think depict us, depicts us in, a, in not necessarily the most positive light. And I ratchet, they call it in the States, you know, it's that's just ratchet. It's like, well, no, some of us can debate vo- almost violently, but it still be in a very mature way whereby I disagree with you 100%, but I can listen to you, can hear you out, and I can see your points, but I don't agree with them. And that is what I want black boys and girls to be able to watch our programs and see and be inspired and be, when I set up their own network, I want, I want them, I don't want to be the only one here. I want other people to set up their own network and just, ha- I want to have that impact. And the legacy hopefully will, will, will kind of come whereby people say, well, why can't I set up a new BBC or an ITV or a Channel 4? Why does it feel like setting up a Channel 4 is like something that I could never do? Yeah. Well, you can do. You can do. And even if your, your, your new network or your new broadcaster isn't the size of YouTube or, or, or Channel 4 or BBC, it can be successful. And that, that's kind of how I see my thing. My thing may never be as big as, as, as YouTube or in those platforms, but that doesn't mean it can't be successful. And the legacy I think I want my Black Academic to be is that it, it makes people, in 10 years' time, there's 50 Black Academics. There's, there's more of these, as well as the BBC, as well as GB News, as well as whatever it may be, because those serve an audience, those serve people, not me. I don't I, watch. I, the, I kind of think GV News can go by the way. <laughs> and I think Come it probably will very soon. Yeah. But the point being, if listen, if they've got an audience, serve them. Cool. It's not for me. I don't have to watch GB News. What's the best piece of Ooh. advice you've ever been given? I've, can I give a few? Well, I'll give two, and then I'll give the main ones. Okay. Mm. So three. So You're three. Sorry. Three. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> two I can count. Plus I can one count. is three. And I forgot one actually. Um, okay. So the the first. Oh, what was the first one? What was the first one? The first. The first one. Let's say the second one. Um, <laughs> the first, one first. first one's good. I like the first one. <laughs> Don't forget your pieces of advice. Yeah, that's, that's a bit of advice, yeah. Um, the luckiest people are the hardest working people and the hardest working people are often the luckiest people. Someone told me that years ago and I think mm. it's in the main truth. So is this a you create your own luck? Yes, basically. You yeah. said it in a much more succinct and intelligent way than me. Um, I'm a big believer in creating your own luck. I do believe that when I look at the people generally who who are the luckiest, they're generally the people that have worked the hardest and they I get the breaks. Agree. And it, I think vice versa. That was something that was sold to it's me. It's almost an uncomfortable truth because um, a bit like when he said, I don't like to complain. I'm not good with someone complaining who's not working hard. So yeah. they say, oh, this is right. It's like, put you all into it. So at least I know you're putting you all into yeah, it. And totally. then let's discuss, you know, and it, it, that's that's a dangerous place to be. It's like, oh, why aren't I getting anywhere? Or why haven't I got, you know, any of that mindset? It's like, where are you, are you giving it all you got? Is yes, this, you know, totally. you're working. You don't have to do seven days, but no. are you fucking... You know, it's probably not healthy. It's not healthy at all. Days. It's so unhealthy. It's very, very unhealthy. It shows unhealthy. you enjoy your job too. I do, I do, but I think there's a balance that I'm trying to strike this year that... You've definitely got to stop this seven days. The chip I, I shop do. is over. <laughs> Let it go, I was scarred. Stop saying chips. But the main bit of advice I was given yeah. actually wasn't in a business or work environment. It's by my mum. And it's the reason why I think I've got very good mental health and why I've never had any mental health problems. Very simple. I was about 15, 14. She said, Jordan, never stress. That was it. Never stress. And it stuck with me. She said, Jordan, never, ever stress. And I've, I've always maintained that. I told people, don't stress. So what that means to me is, 
if you're in a cab and you're in traffic or you're on a train and you, you're, you know, you're running late for an appointment or for a party, whatever, you can't affect the train going quicker. Yeah. If you're in traffic, you're in traffic. Anxiety builds up. I'm late. I'm, I've got a meeting. And, but there's nothing you can do. So if you can learn the mechanics of just being able to accept, I'm going to be late. So by the way, I hate being late. Oh, that was it. That was the first one. That was the first one. Don't be late. Being on time is late. That's what I was told early on yes, in business. Being so on time is late. To it's be fair true. though, as somebody who is never late mm-hmm. or very rarely late, sitting in pubs on your own waiting for other people who are invariably late <laughs> is miserable. I'd much rather be the late person. It's better person. than meeting on the street though, you know? <laughs> That's the point of the pub. Just, yeah. you're warm, they serve drinks. But you know, you just sit there thinking, oh. Why didn't I turn up 10 minutes late? <laughs> oh, it cracks me up in Italian culture, the, the, the way they all, it's about It's horrible. Hour, and it's like, what the, oh my why God. don't you just be on fucking time? It took me know? the first 18 months to get my head around the idea that, oh, no, tranquilo. Uh, yeah. It's like, no, and I'm there on time. Yeah. And they're just like bowling, casual, chatting and laughing with a cigarette. I'm like, you're like 45 minutes it's late. It's an hour, for them, that's their rule. Oh, it, it's, it, it really took me ages to really get my head around, that's just how it is. That's just how it is. But I'm a, I, I hate being late. It's really... Mm. So yeah, being on, time being on time is late. But the main one was don't stress. So if you are running late for something, you can't, you can't affect it. Don't stress it. even if they're late. Even if they're late. Hang on, I'm having a conflict one, yeah. in my mind. I, I'm like, I don't want to stress, but late, I really hate that. Um, just don't stress. Control the controllables because yeah, yeah. stressing about a situation never makes things better. It never makes... You've never stressed and it's got better. It mm. might not get worse, but it never gets better. But never ever stress. Don't stress. Just have a have a way in your mind of compartmentalizing. I can't affect that. Okay, what can I affect? How can I make the situation better? I can't fix it, but how can I make it better? And I think the being in a taxi late for a meeting is the best example of that. We've all had that. We've all been in a car in traffic, and we're just like, oh, I'm late for a train. If you're gonna be late, you're gonna be late. Deal with the situation then and there as as it comes. You might miss your plane. Cool. Deal with that. But never ever stress. Top three reads or three music or three pods or all of the above? Um, I'll go three reads. I'm not a massive reader. I'm, I'm getting back into it, but I'm not a massive reader. My favourite book I've ever read was, I'm big on autobiographies. I like them. Um, normally sport. Favourite book, Andre Agassi. Oh, I recommend okay. it to everyone. Even if I'm not into tennis, I'm a massive tennis Even fan. I've heard of Andre Agassi. Even you've That's heard of him. Good. Even yeah. if not into tennis, it's a fantastic book. Really well written. And it tells you a lot about him. Do you him. think he had a ghostwriter, presumably? Or did he write it himself, do you think? You know what? I looked into it and apparently he didn't. Mm-hmm. Apparently he didn't. But I, 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 He's I, an intelligent person. Like, he? he is. That's a great book. Roy Keane. Do you know him? Footballer? Man yeah. United? You know him? Yeah. His biography is fantastic. Um, and the third one, Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Yeah, brilliant read. Okay. Learned, I learned a yeah. lot about, um, almost kind of what we were saying earlier on about um, knowing your worth. That, that I, yeah. One of the big takeaways from that book was understanding your worth and not budging from that. Yeah. Even if you end up losing in the short term, you won't lose in the long term. If you always stand your ground, that, that, that was um, something I took away from it. Great book. Well, I mean, you tell us something we don't know about you. Oh, I think I revealed earlier on, um, I don't know how interesting this is, but... I've never had coffee in my life. Wow. Okay, that's amazing. I'm scared of balloons. Scared, we're, we're, the I, coffee sorry, thing. hang on, hang on. <laughs> we can't put those together there. then. <laughs> How have you never had coffee? So I've got this theory about coffee. I've got a lot of theories. Right. And people say I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. No one likes coffee. 
No, I hate. No coffee. one likes coffee. Exactly. People get used to it. Yeah, they yeah. become accustomed to it. It's it like serves beer. a purpose. Yeah, it keeps you up when you're cramming for an exam, or it gets you keeps you a kick in the morning to kind of get that first mm, going. But no one drinks coffee and it's goes. Not refreshing. Mm, I don't that's think. delicious. No one does that. So, True. and I've always been quite confident and quite energetic. So I've never needed that oomph that coffee gives you. I've never Do you drink that. tea? I drink tea. I drink, I drink not, not normal tea, but I drink herbal teas, yeah. I think the same about vegetables. <laughs> I think vegetables, people are all like, oh, I love vegetables. No, you don't. You got old and you suddenly no, realise no, you're going to die. I love so, vegetables. No, I really it, do. Uh, depends on love the vegetables. Them. Okay. I would say that. I would go. Cauliflower's all right, especially with cheese on. But on its own, it's, it's you know, broccoli. It's, it's just I like. Love broccoli. It, sugar snap peas. Oh my God, they're amazing. Okay, there's some vegetables. They've <laughs> got sugar in them. They're called sugar snap. I know. But there's an awful lot of vegetables we sit there going, oh, I just love vegetables. What we love is the feeling that we're being healthy, that we're doing good to our body after years of abuse. We're kind of like, well, I have broccoli today. You know, I, I, feel, I agree with that. You know. Although I do like broccoli, but there's some mm. vegetables I agree that. You, you don't like that. You're just saying you like it's that. It's bitter. Because, yeah. It's funny. What broccoli? You like broccoli with salt and olives and, and olive oil. Yeah, yeah. No, broccoli is I mean? a good but, 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 but even broccoli on its own, I could broccoli. broccoli. I, like, I like sprouts as well. I mean, weird. Yeah, I love I sprouts. Like sprouts. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's a really interesting <laughs> thing. They're nice. Me and you, yeah. Sprouts, yeah. <laughs> I mean, with nuts. The thing is, it. I don't really like meat, so I've got to like something. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that, that changes things then. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, he Sorry. won the coffee round. something else. What was it? Balloons. Why are you afraid of balloons? I can't be anywhere near balloons. What sort of balloons? All kinds of balloons. If there was a balloon in the corner of this room, what would happen? So if I'm, if there was a balloon in the corner, first of all, I would notice when you were young. I don't think it was even that, but if there was a, if there was one in the corner of the room, I would know it. You'd have plopped it. Yeah. Straight away, I have like a radar. (laughs) And I either leave the room. So if it's like a room for I can't go in there. Or if if I have to be in the room and there are balloons, I'm incredibly uncomfortable. So if we're planning a surprise <laughs> birthday party Sorry. for you... No balloons, please. No, no balloons. No balloons, please. No, no, no. Make a note. Can't be near balloons. Fucking hell, that is hilarious. Up. Aren't there sometimes the we have to have balloons? Um, I don't think there's just... a requirement for no, balloons. Hot never... air balloons? Does it extend... Oh, no, they're, they're fine, that's fine. That's fine. I think yeah. the main reason I know that that's not going to pop... Okay, so yeah, the popping, I bet, I bet it's a before you can even pop. remember, you probably popped a balloon or something. Can't so balloons it. and a hot air balloon on your birthday, yeah. maybe not. So career as a clown didn't really work then? No, 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 yeah. no, 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 not for me. Right, so this is our favourite bit of the show. Okay. Yeah? Okay, this is what the show is Sorry, called, no. business versus bullshit, yeah? Okay. We're going to reel off a whole load of business terms or mm-hmm. business things, and we're going to invite you to see if you've got anything to add to the list, and we're going to ask you, is it business or is it bullshit? Okay. Yeah, we're going to make a definitive list. We're going to fucking condemn things, you know, we've thrown three off the list already, <laughs> and we can clarify to everybody out there. Okay, D, cue the music. Okay, number one, diversity quotas. Oh man, I'm really conflicted on this one. Um, I'll go business. Go business? Mm. Have we got a sort of biz shit? Biz shit. Well, most people have <laughs> interestingly said bullshit. You shouldn't. And, and, you and shouldn't I get why. To, and, and I get why. And, and, and I think that's I what think we talked about. Go business. Ultimately, long term, they should be bullshit. But maybe transitionally to get to this world where we don't see colour or whatever, you know. That's my thinking. I don't know if we've got time to extend on them or it's a quick fire thing, but that pretty much is why I would leave. I now think of business because you have to force the lever now initially to kind of make that change. Yeah. Stand up meetings. 
I've never seen one, but I want to. I'm going to go business. Yeah, actually, I've never done one. You've never done one? <laughs> is that a thing? No, no. I have no, done I like to thousands down. of fucking meetings and I've never done one standing up. Is, is that a real thing? Well, it's the idea that you, you stand up and you talk quicker because you want to sit down. <laughs> you okay. Know, you just reach I think, conclusions. I think I know what the answer to this... <laughs> I'm going to go business that one. Yeah. I think I know what the answer to this one's going to be. Coffee. Oh, no, bullshit, yeah. yeah. Bullshit. Uh, agendas. And that means in a meeting, not having an agenda. Like, a business? Yeah. Yeah. Hour-long meetings. Business? It's a very thought-about answer. Sorry, just... just no, 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 sorry, no, sorry, no, sorry, no, no, sorry. No, I like it, sorry. I like it. Okay, careful on this one. Office dogs. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> and my dog... Oh, but I hate dogs anyway, This so. is brilliant. Oh, that's good, Every... I didn't bring my dog then. <laughs> I'd have done the very polite thing of being like, oh, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I hate it. has got a balloon, has it? <laughs> <laughs> Dogs with balloons just fucking. There's the end of the planet. It cheers me up every single time and pretty much everybody says bullshit and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with business, anyway. Um, carbon credits. Ooh. Bishit. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a tough one. Swearing in meetings. Ooh, that's a good one. I'll go bullshit because whilst I think speaking openly and freely in meetings is important, there's got to be an etiquette to, mm. to business meetings, I think. I'm so. really bad at not swearing in really? meetings. Really? Yeah. Really bad at not swearing. Yeah, I do tend to swear. But yeah. It relieves tension, but is it required? Everyone's saying the F word every other word. It's a bit like... Oh, okay. stressful. <laughs> no, but sometimes when you're talking to founders, right, and they're looking at getting a VC into their business, you need to tell them that the VC is going to fuck them over. And that's really the only word that describes screw, it. Screw them. Yes, you could say screw them. And then, it, and then isn't it a swear word anyway? Yeah. yeah. Because it's how you use it. It's okay. like, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway. That's a good um, one, though. Pub lunches. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> they're, they're, they're excuses for... for I can't say yeah. too much because my employers may be listening to this, but they're just an excuse for work talk when really... You're drinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, B Corps. It's always men as well do that. Um, B Corps. B Corps. So if you, if you ever bumped into the B Corps, it's, it's an American thing, but it's a set of principles that you sign your company up so that it, you know, it, it scores itself on you know, how it treats its staff or the environment of the world. They've become very popular suddenly. Everyone's everyone's turning into it's, a B Corp, it's, it's which is why it's on our bullshit purpose. radar. Yeah, business with purpose, triple bottom line. Mm. I'm only going to say business. I think you guys think it's bullshit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna it's be a tough difficult. one. I it's becoming, it's, it's you know, actually, like anything everyone think keeps talking about. I think it. it's business. In the, I've had quite a few conversations with people about this, and um, one thing it does do is make you keep up with all these things, like treat your staff well. Yeah. Think about it. It's a framework. That's what I'm thinking, because if yeah. you don't meet the criteria, you're no longer a beagle. Okay. So you're out. Yeah, yeah. A, I think I think what is bullshit is a lot of people a lot of people throw it around as bullshit. Hey, we're going to be a B Corp. It's like, yeah, but you're still arsehole. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, NDAs. Oh, wow. I'm going to go bullshit. Uh, I agree. We've decided they are bullshit, but they... Uh, anyway. But necessary, nevertheless. <laughs> Unlimited vacation time. Bullshit. Well, for you, because you don't... <laughs> Fucking hell, yeah. Never had a day off. <laughs> yeah. He, you have unlimited vacation time, by the way. You promote it intensely. Uh, LinkedIn. So, um, I'm going to say business, but someone in the WhatsApp group I'm in recently did flag 
that he felt it was turning a little bit Facebooky. Mm. Um, and it's kind of going to, it's becoming a little bit watered down. It's kind of slightly going away from its central purpose. But um, I do work with them, so I kind of have to say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're better than Facebook, but I'm not sure I'm that's not much of an achievement. Facebook, so I've no me neither. It's just fucking agony. It's the whole thing, you know. And finally, formal work clothes. We've talked about this first. Oh, yeah. See, I'm a big. See, I'm a weird one. Yeah. I'm, I actually like casual-ish work clothing at work but I love dressing up in a social environment yeah it's respectful I, well I just I, it's something I like dressing up I have no issue with wearing a, a bow tie I had, I had a birthday party in November and I made everybody dress up I said everyone's got to dress up not quite black tie cocktail dress but every, maybe one tier below everyone's got to dress up make an effort there's something I think when people turn up to a party looking nice that I like so it makes you feel good as well I think it, it does I think it does it's like I, a I fancy think... dress it's embarrassing and I don't like doing it but it's great when people do it you yeah, know? I'm the same I don't do fancy dress but then, yeah. I think after threes of lockdown I think people just wanted to dress up as well mm. you've not put on a pair of heels or your nice jacket for three years you've not been out anywhere no, that thing so no saving. tie but you wear heels and a jacket oh yeah I'm, I'm so pro heels <laughs> <laughs> no tie but I'm pro heels <laughs> Um, okay, so there we have it. Your do you, 30 second pitch of, you know, your company, you. Very simply, forget me, Blackademic is um, a, a network. Go and check it out. There's some great content on there. We have a website, blackademic.com. That's blackademic spelled B-L-A-K-A-D-E-M-I-K. Um, and also we have a production company. It's very diverse. We have women, disabled people, black people, white people, young people, old people, experience, upstarts. If you need someone to produce your production in a very creative, diverse way, Come and find us back at Debit Media. Fantastic. Okay, so there you have it. That was this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit. Thank you very much to you, Jordan, for joining us. Thank you to my co-host, Pippa. Pleasure. Uh, A big thank you to you, dear listener, and we'll be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, remember to rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, because they're not bullshit, at BizWithoutBS, where you will find lots of other stuff. Until next time, it's ciao. Ciao.